Hello and good day everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the Final Frontier. On this episode we talk all about the Frontier format, keep our listeners up to date with what is new, powerful, and interesting in Frontier. And it is our favorite time of the year where we get to talk about something new. We get to see all of the new cards spoiled in Guilds of Ravnica's second expansion, even though it's not technically part of a block. This is Ravnica... What is it called? The Ravnica Allegiance? Ravnica Allegiance, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> so, uh, introduce yourselves if you don't mind. We've got a very special guest tonight. Special guest, go. All right, and that's me, Matt Murray, coming at you from Toronto, Ontario. Yeah, you've been uh, demoted to a special guest, I uh, suppose, if we count that as a demotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you don't get to win them all. Yeah, but we're glad to see that you've been back pretty active in the Frontier. I know that you've been pretty excited about this set moving forward, so it's going to be, you know, these are always our favorite. We always love to look at new cards, and since no one else is really talking about how they're going to impact Frontier, it's great for us to really, you know, cover everything in these episodes. Yeah, it's hard to get Matt excited, so when he does get excited, we listen. <laughs> I actually am really excited about the set, too. I think I think this set and uh, just Guilds of Ravnica in general has been really, really good for Frontier. I think we're we're getting to a space now where I think for the first time in a long time, there's going to be a lot of brewability in the format. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think for a while, we kind of tapped out what was there and we weren't getting a lot of new things from new sets. Uh, but, but I think the just the shock lands and we've actually started to get some powerful cards again. So I think it's I think there's there's starting to be some room to grow in the format again, which is exciting to me. Yeah, it's incredibly deep right now. I mean, there's just so many different ways to play, and, I, and I'm 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 kind of disappointed that you know when Standard Plus does come at the end of the year, like they're they're not going to have all these great cards, all these great synergies. So Frontier's just an amazing place right now. Yeah, hopefully we uh, hopefully it won't be bad. Hopefully people will be still playing Frontier. So we're going to really jump into this episode. Um, You know, we tend to kind of hop around. We look at what's interesting. We go by color. We try to hit on all of the main mechanics. You know, some of the interesting things that are coming out of the set. And we like to look at it in a few ways. We think of, hey, is this a powerful card on its own, standalone strong cards? We like to say, hey, this is going to fit right into this existing deck. It'll be great there. We also will try and bring up, hey, you know, this is something that it's strong enough to could, it could make a deck viable that wasn't viable before and those are really the the most exciting ones i think so what are your guys's uh overall opinions on ravnica allegiance i mean it sounded like you're pretty hyped on it matt yeah i mean like i said i think we're getting a lot of just like really solid playables uh some of them don't necessarily have homes yet but i think i i'm I'm really hoping as we go forward and more and more gets added to the format we're going to start seeing homes for some of this stuff that we're getting now Uh, or maybe just homes haven't been discovered yet but there's certainly just some raw power in, in a lot of the cards that uh, I think will eventually find a home in a good deck. Okay, so I'm I'm more on that side of a lot of these cards. I'm just like, you know, it's not quite there. It doesn't quite fit in anything existing right now. I'm actually a little bit pessimistic on this set. I, I don't feel like there's that many things that are going to have much of real impact it didn't feel like there were a lot of bombs for me personally so we'll see if i change my mind as we go through some of these cards again i go like oh yeah i guess that is going to be a bomb but i'm a little bit uh maybe i'll be the downer for this episode i'll uh, bring us back to reality like no no one's gonna play that no one's gonna play that i mean i mean we're gonna go through this episode and and, like everything i'm gonna say is like that's garbage so (laughs) (laughs) well you you, you, you already uh, we already know that you're gonna say everything i think is good is gonna be garbage so so Ryan, are you on my side? Are you on Matt's side? Are you gonna be somewhere in between? Here? I think I don't know. I I I kind of I'm kind of in between. I I feel like you know the Wizards of the Coast has finally got away from that battle cruiser magic. There's no cards that are just straight up win on the spot like Ulamog or Emrakul anymore. We have a lot of enablers. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of stuff like you said. There's a lot of brewability, like things that just go in a, a deck that maybe we we don't recognize right away, but then you know after. You know, some time when, you know, looking at the metagame, we're like, wow, this card would be really good there. And then it ends up being amazing. So, yeah, I, I, we have a lot of enablers. That's that's what I'm going to say. Okay. So how do you guys like to start? I like going with mechanics first, but that sometimes jumps around. Would you rather go by color, by color pair, rarity? Well, why don't we start with the document uh, that was made? And we'll just go, we'll go in order of the cards there. All right. So this is kind of just going by color here. Um, we're actually going to start off with artifacts just because... It's no color, and it's a very colorful set. What uh, artifacts in this set were you guys looking at that interest you? One of the cards that like I think is cool, and I don't know how good it is, but it's Glass of the Guild Pact, which is just two mana, 
multicolored creatures you control get plus one plus one. Um, and this kind of stood out to me because it's about one mana cheaper than we typically see these anthem effects, which is interesting to me because I think I think two mana is about the space where you want to be playing your setup cards, your do nothings, right? Um, I think a lot of anthems have a hard time. It's hard to justify playing it on turn three. I guess taking turn yeah. three off to ultimately do nothing is is pretty pretty rough. Um, this has the kind of added tension that it only affects multicolored creatures, so probably we're not going to get there with it. Uh, but but I think it's interesting all the same. Yeah, what worries me is that we really don't have any one mana cost multicolored creatures. Um, that would make this a lot better if we had some some good one drops that are like you know a two two for one mana in red green that can block something like that would be would be strong. Without that, it's hard to, you know, you can't play this and add power to anything that's existing already on the board. So that's going to be awkward. It's also strange that, you know, this doesn't have any other upside. It doesn't have vigilance or gives, it's not on a body. Like we've seen some other good things coming with our anthems. This does feel a little bit like it's lacking in that category. I mean, like we, we have like what Jeskai Tempo is, I guess, has a, a good amount of uh, multicolor cards. Abzan Aggro kind of has a good amount of, of multicolor cards. I like this card a lot. I don't know where it fits right now because I don't think those decks really want this effect. Yeah, I agree there. I just meant like I like to be able to play my Anthem after deploying all my creatures, and it feels like all the good multicolored creatures are going to be three drops. So you'll be playing them after this. Yeah. I think we have a lot of decent two drops in the format right now. And I think it is just, yeah, at the end of the day, you're probably right. Um, this is a pretty narrow anthem. I just think it's cool. It's got a lot of potential. It'll be good in the future for sure. Okay, not much else in artifacts, unless you guys want to pick anything. There were, you know, the lockets again. We had uh, some big, silly creatures. Uh, the only ones I can think of otherwise, there's Scrabbling Claws here. Yeah, and I mean, like, I guess I kind of wanted to point out that, you know, yeah, this is no Relic of Progenitus. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think Relic of Progenitus would be way too strong of hate in the format. So I'm kind of curious, what, what what do you guys think about this? Is this the right amount of hate? Is this unplayable because it's just not strong enough? I mean, I, I lean a little bit towards... Uh, go ahead. No, you can go. I probably have some crazy kind of uh, insight on this, so you go ahead. Oh, I, I kind of lean towards... I like the, the repeatable effects like this. I think that the one we have at two mana is very strong. The, um, oh, what is that one called? Uh... But I, I like that it's repeatable, but I think that we have a little bit stronger options in Frontier already. Yeah, I mean, to me, I always like it when it replaces itself, right? Um, that's the big one for me. Um, and this obviously costing one mana is, is pretty relevant. But yeah, I think I'm leaning that it's, it's not quite enough. But I mean, it's the cantrip effect that I think that makes us better than a lot of the other Exile effects. The other Exile effects, this, this isn't what you really want to play for, like... For like your only way to get rid of graveyard cards, this is something that you want to play more for the cantrip that has like the you know the side effect of also getting rid of cards in the graveyard. So maybe something like an Achirios deck or something like that. I mean, it hits two cards automatically. You know, play it, tap, and then you know you can get rid of it that same turn, and then you get two cards exiled and draw a card. So I don't know, maybe. Okay. Uh, I only have one more artifact. What about the Sphinx of the Guild pack? So that's artifact, but it is technically five colors. It's the seven mana, five, five artifact creature Sphinx. It has flying and it's hexproof from monocolored spells. Super cool. Seven mana is way too much. Yeah, I wonder if... I'm just kind of interested because we don't really have any of these big artifact creatures like some older formats do. I wonder if there's anything that cheats an artifact into play that might make this uh, good enough. You know, we have the, the, what is it, the inspectors or whatever from, like, Origins that make uh, artifacts cost, like, one less to play or something like that, right? Yeah, there's the guy who gives artifacts you control Convoke. There's the guy who can tap for two mana only to play artifacts. There's, um, I believe, Jalira could search for an artifact. Or there's the one that deals you damage for every card you search. I don't know, I feel like there's a few ways you might be able to sneak this in, either now or in the future, that uh, we didn't currently have some kind of payoff like this. Okay, let me put it this way, though. Of the removal in the format, which removal is hitting this? That's only one color. A braid. Mm-hmm. A braid, sure, actually. That's a great one. But, like... Yeah, so it protects itself from a braid. It protects itself from I think contempt, which would probably be the one you'd be expecting. No. Uh, it doesn't stop cake. It doesn't stop, it doesn't stop, stop a lot of the three-mana removal. 
Um, especially after this set, I think that'll be a little more relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, Assassin's Trophy, mm-hmm. that kind of I think there's a lot, a lot of misses. Bedeviled. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'd be very tough for um, Atarka to go through, I think. Okay, why don't we move on to uh, some of our colors? Do you want to go straight Wooberg? Keep it simple? Yes. All right, so Wooberg, white creatures, spells, instant enchantments. What are you feeling? Uh, and are we just going to go mono-colored for now, and then we're going to talk about the color pairs afterwards? So mono-white cards in this set that you guys are interested in. So I guess my first card that I, I'd like to talk about is, is Tithe Taker. I'm, I'm really excited about Hate Bears maybe having a chance in, in this format, finally, yes, there's a... I... Yeah, go ahead. Do you want to read this card off? Yeah, it says, During your turn, spells your opponent's cast cost one more to cast, and abilities your opponent's activate cost one more to activate unless they're mana abilities, and it has afterlife one. That's it... during your turn, right? Yeah, during your yeah, during turn. During your turn. And it's only a 2-1, though, which uh, is a little unfortunate, because I think there is a lot of hate for one-toughness creatures in Frontier. Yeah. I like this card a lot. It, it was borderline on my top five, actually. What? That's crazy. Well, like, I think, think card, of it. So, I mean, like, Ballista me, can't... Card, oh, sorry, go ahead. To me, this card is, like, it reads really well, right? It's so, like, when you first read it, you're like, wow, that's amazing. And then the more you read it, the more and more you read during your turn, it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, all right, whatever. I think it's solid because, like, at the end of the day, it does still have Afterlife 1, which is, like, a, a relevant ability. Um, like that, that token has flying, which I think is, is kind of underrated. Um, but, uh, I think the hate part of it is actually really soft. It, it's, it's a lot less than it actually reads at first. Well, I think what I like about this card is that, you know what I like to do during my turn is I like to place a Healy combo and win the game, or I like to rally back a whole bunch of dudes and making their counter spells cost one more or making their kill spell cost one more. Or even, uh, I actually really like the line of cloning this guy with Sahili so that they can't play any removal. I don't know, it, it seems like the, it'll find a little bit more of unfair usage, maybe. You know what, I actually never thought of it like that, but that is a pretty clever interaction to use. If you're going to use it to force through your combos. Mm-hmm. Alright, I'm on board. You convinced me. Okay, <laughs> what, else, uh, what else is going on in white? Yeah, you guys can go next. That was mine. Yeah, we don't have to go quite as deep on every card, although we we can. You know, we we know we would if we if we had the time to. <laughs> so I think Angel of Grace is one we just got to quickly touch on. It's a big splashy mythic angel. I I'm not in love with it, but it, it does seem like it it's like borderline playable. The fact that right, it has so this flash. Is the, it's the five mana five four flash flying, and when it enters the battlefield until the end of turn, damage would reduce your life to less than one, reduces it to one instead. And for six, you can exile it from your graveyard, and your life total becomes ten. Uh, for me, I'm excited about that secondary ability. I think that that would have some use. It would be nice to be able to, you know, just because it's in your graveyard, get some value out of it. The front side, I'm less hyped on. I think that a lot of things that in Frontier would kill you, leaving you at one is pretty much the same as dead anyways. So in that way, it doesn't seem any better than Avacyn, who hasn't been seeing much play anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're pretty much right about that, actually. I mean, you need some kind of reanimator deck, and I don't know if there's really a good reanimator deck playing white that would really want something like Angel of Grace. Hmm. Okay, uh, so we touched on our first Mystic there. We also touched on Afterlife. Do you want to jump to another mono-white card here with Afterlife in Ministrant of Obligation? This is two and a white for a 2-1 Human Cleric with Afterlife 2. This is my choice. This is... Yeah. Okay, this this is maybe the best Afterlife just pure afterlife card is this good enough for frontier or is afterlife just a complete bomb not going to see really any play i think it could see play in rally you know it's three bodies hmm. you know it's three three triggers you know for zulaport cutthroats and i mean rally is always looking for cards that you know give you like two for one or three for one and this is three don't, for one don't we already have that in uh one of the eldrazi dudes he's black weapon and craft exemplar i'm not familiar with that one but there's a there's a catacomb sifter or something like that yeah 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 Yeah, sifter's only one extra body but has some other good effects yeah i don't know like this guy afterlife 2 is a lot i think you need to leverage the fact that you have flying tokens for this to be worth it um at three mana i'm not in love it may be if the actual body had flying well that's Um, that's the body is just so black but i mean 
it hit Coco hits it, which is important in a rally deck, and as well as bringing back all the other stuff with with rally for what five, which is what they usually cast for. I mean, rally just has so many yeah. good three drops to choose from. I don't know, man. Yeah, th- that deck is completely glutted on on three drops. That's where I agree is that that deck's already having problems. You know, not being in the air, not having interaction, and this doesn't seem to help, at least early. Uh, how about some more? We've got a bunch of two drops in white here. Uh, I see on our list of cards we wanted to talk about. Do you want to talk about either of these? Okay, so my my choice here is Impassioned Orator, and I think he's really unassuming at first. Mm-hmm. Actually, I should read the card. Um, yep. Sorry. So, one colorless, one white. It's a two-two. Uh, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. Um, I think one just being a two mana two-two is a fine place to be. Um, I think a lot of creature decks, especially uh, a human decks like this guy is, um, can kind of suffer into a Tarka right now. So I think mm-hmm. just gaining one life every time you do something is pretty relevant. Uh, but more importantly than that, it, this this is a personal favorite of mine because I a while back, and I know I've spoken about it on the pod, podcast a few times, I tried to build this kind of janky Coco uh, infinite life combo deck. Where you'd, you'd coco out your creatures onto the board, whatever. You're just doing your fair game plan, um, general good stuff. And then you'd um, drop a Felidar Guardian and cord another Felidar Guardian in end of turn. And with this, you just you would just blink them together forever for infinite life. Mm-hmm. Which I think is neat. It's probably more cute than it is good, but it, it's a personal uh, favorite of mine. Yeah, I was also, uh, literally when we were going to, before record this, I had... Um you know, some jank going on with Crested Sun Mare. I'm looking at, like, Felidar Sovereign. Uh, some things like that. Because we have we have a couple versions of this card now, which is good. We've got a Johnny's Pride Mate. And I think a couple other cards that we're going to talk about shortly seem like they would work in a Soul Sisters kind of deck if that exists in Frontier. Um, so if there's a, the theoretical new archetype, I think that I want to see Soul Sisters, maybe Blue White or Esper. Um, but I think we'll touch on a couple of those in the Blue White cards. Yeah, yeah. So the next card I think I really want to talk about here is Forbidding Spirit. Yes, I think I'm excited about this card. I don't know if everyone else is. I'll, I'll do a quick read on this one. This one is two and two, or one and two white for a three three spirit cleric without flying. Though uh, you would normally think spirits of flying, but three three for three is pretty good for spirits. And when it enters the battlefield, until your next turn, creatures can't attack you or a planeswalker you control unless they pay two for each of those creatures. So, so, yeah, this is like yeah, a ahead. prison deck, right? Like, if you're going to build a prison deck, you'd play this. Just keep blinking. I, don't know, I think prison, maybe like, it's almost like a tempo thing. Yeah, I think this is huge tempo. If you're attacking, attacking, especially if you're attacking in the air like Spirits tends to do, and the opponent can't race you back, that's huge. I also think the fact that you can, you know, you can blink this guy, you can flash him in with um, rattle chains, there, there's some ways to, you could cocoa him in. That seems really good for stopping the opponent from attacking. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Like, I, I'm kind of torn, because when I look at this card, I'm like, why wouldn't I just play Archangel of Tides? Mm. Or uh, the one we got in uh, Dominaria, the Legend, the 2-4. Uh, but, I mean, obviously this guy's a 3-mana versus 4-mana. That's huge. It's huge um, for Coco, mm-hmm. and I think Spirit is a pretty relevant yeah, type. Yeah, uh, Spirit is a relevant type. I think it's a really interesting effect, but I think it's all going to be about how it plays, right? Because... This is one mm-hmm. of those ones that, for me, that's kind of hard to evaluate until I've really played with it. Because I think it's it's going to have like a bit of a tempo swing for one turn. Um, but I don't know that on a three-mana kind of creature it's enough. Just because, again, our three-mana slot in Frontier is just so cluttered. Yeah. So the, the other one, the last one I think we should talk about is the Hero of Precinct 1. Again, it's one of those hmm. cards. So that is 2-2 two, two for two Human Warrior... And it, whenever you cast a multicolored spell, you create a 1-1 one, one white human creature token. So like this might be more playable than the artifact that we talked about, just because it does have a body on it, and it can attack, it can block, mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's human, which is a good type. So, And the creature is that it make our human, which is rare. Yeah, I'm having just fantasies about just getting this on the board with a Thraben, uh, or not Thraben, uh, yeah, Thalia's Lieutenant, yeah. and just multicolored, mm-hmm. multicolored, multicolored. <laughs> um, I don't know how. I feel like we probably don't have enough like good low cost multicolored humans to really make it work. Well, just guy humans. The, you got Mantis Rider, and you could also have just guy Charms. So that's not bad. The 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 fantasy is real. 
Yeah. <laughs> reflector mage. Just dream of reflector mage. That's right. That's right. I think nice. we'd be missing multicolored creatures at the two drop slot. It'd be the most important yeah. part. Yeah, one and two drop. So how about we move on to the next in Wooburg is blue. Mono blue cards. Uh, anything that you guys are big on. I've got, I think, one from here that I definitely want to talk about. Yeah, I got one. Or Ryan, two. you're up first. All right. Well, I added this later, and I know you guys are probably going to think it's garbage, but uh, Persistent Petitioners, it's the 1-3, and you can tap it for one mana to put the top card of uh, a library into the graveyard. But if you tap four Advisors, you can put the top 12 cards of an opponent's library into their graveyard. And you can play as many of these as you want. The Frontier format has so... always looked for a mill deck, and there's so many different things you can do now. So like, so are you milling yourself with this, or are you milling the opponent? I would mill, mill my, my opponent. My first question. Yeah, mill my opponent with this. <laughs> okay. And, and are you playing this with like as many adv- as many advisors as possible? Are you playing as many of this card as possible? What's your plan here? Yeah, we could do persistent petitioners. Maybe play some clone effects or something like that. You could still have. Uh, I mean, this could fit in a to a Sphinx tutelage deck, you know, and just kind of be like a side. How do I say like a side uh, strategy to you know. While they're something to turn on all the removal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we had the w- w- the other uh, one from uh, Guilds of Ravnica that was like two mana whenever you play a blue spell, I think. It mills, too. It's one with like the, s- the sewer snake or yeah, something. Kind of, yeah, so, I, I mean, it's it's not going to be a tier one deck, but I think it's it's playable. I always can want to consider mill. Just because it's one of those think, fun decks. I think Mill just has way better things to do than this guy. Like even as even as like, I don't think Mill's there, or I sure hope it isn't. Um, <laughs> I, I think Mill can probably mill better without this guy. Oh, another another way you could use this is in Gift. You mill yourself twelve, get stuff back in your graveyard, and then play that. Yeah, but then he just is a 4-4. I feel like Gifts also wants you know enter the battlefield. It has other things it can be doing. Also, you have to tap. You have to play four advisors before you can mill yourself that much. Well, Gift is playing the other one. That's like I believe it's two mana, or uh, maybe it's one mana. It's like a one three. It's one mana. There's Minister of Inquiries. Yeah. the one two. And you have to use energy. Use energy to mill for three. So, uh. I'm still not very excited about it. The only thing I could see is if you like rallied a whole bunch of them back and then milled your opponent out with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even need haste, so you could do it. You could get two activations with one rally. Mm-hmm. All right, let's. I okay, think we covered this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the one I really wanted to talk about, and I think is a great card here, is Quench. This was literally on my wish list, my Christmas wish list. It's just one to blue, counter target spell unless it's control the place two. We had this with Revolutionary Rebuff, but it couldn't hit artifacts, which means that it couldn't stop a turn two copter. I don't think this is, like, huge power. I don't think this is crazy. Obviously, it's worse than Monoleak, but it's something that I don't feel bad main decking as a control deck or as a, like, blue tempo deck. I love that we have this card as an option in the format, and I don't think it'll warp the format, but I'm so glad we have it. Yeah, I think this card's really good. Um, I think... It's kind of under, you're underselling how important it is that it hits copter, right? Because like mm-hmm. a lot of the time, this is going to be your two play. You're just you're just this is your two drop, right? So how big a deal is it that before him before this your two drop didn't hit the most powerful two drop in the format? Yeah, yeah, this is huge. I think this is really good. Uh, excited to have it. Super happy it's here. Um, you got any other blue ones? Absolutely. I think there's at least two more we have to talk about. Okay, um, go ahead. So my personal favorite of them is uh, Terramander. Hmm. Uh, so that's so a, this is... Go ahead. So it's one mana for a 1-1 one, one flying. Um, seven mana, one blue, adapt four. This ability costs one less to activate for each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard. Um, now, I'll grant I haven't actually tested with this, so that, that adapt cost could be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, just because... It's not like Treasure Cruise where you can just get rid of your graveyard. You just take your lands, everything. Um, so that, that is a lot of instants and sorceries specifically. Uh, but I think I think people kind of undersell some of the instants and sorcery strategies uh, that are available in Frontier. Oops. And I think this card would pair really nicely with something like Bedlam Reveler. Yeah, um, okay. Which kind of does the same thing. 
Yeah, like blue red prowess has seen some play, and you know that plays like your ops and your burns and stuff like that, and you know it's got a lot of other stuff that can you know put stuff into the graveyard. So yeah, I could see it in there. To me, this is more of a mid range card, right? This is this is this is I've I've put some time into developing my strategy. Now I'm going to go for the win. Uh, I think it's going to be a little too slow for some of the aggressive strategies like uh, uh, prowess, like you're talking about. Uh, but I am interested in seeing... I, I think he's playable. I think it's going to take some work to find the right shell. But I think he, I think he's playable. Okay. Because at the end of the day, he's a two-mana 5-5 five, five flyer. It, it's it's a lot. Hmm. All right, that's pretty sweet. Uh, well, Ryan, do you have any more in blue? If you do, want to read one off and read what it does? Not really. I don't have anything else I'd like to talk about, but maybe Matt had another one. Okay, I yeah. do have one more. Uh, Sphinx of Foresight. It's two mana for a 4-4 flying. Uh, you may reveal this card from your opening hand if you do scry three at the beginning of your first upkeep. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, scry one. I don't know where this would fit. Yeah. I mean, 4-4 four, four flyer is good, definitely. But like, what kind of deck would you want to play this in? Uh, I think it's just... I th- well, I'm getting like a mid-range? my own words here. I mean, maybe. I don't really know who wants it. I just know that Scry 3 at the beginning of your first upkeep, uh, or upkeep is huge. That's a, that's a big Scry for to start the game with. So maybe like a combo deck or something? I mean, you also hear people talking about things like playing Thunderbreak Regent, right? Which yeah. is the same body. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I less could... recurring... Sorry? I said I could see the like in a combo deck or something where you need to like get your, your key cards. Like This could be really useful. I, I could see that as well, because I think a lot of... I mean, I don't know which combo deck, because I think um, creatures tend to be harder to fit in, but I think the best combo decks also tend to have a fair game plan um, that can get them there, and I could see this guy being part of that, so... Okay, I like it. Uh, I'm going to move us on to the next color, which is going to be black. Do you want to choose one this time, Kevin? Yeah, I'll go ahead and choose one and read it off. Spawn of Mayhem. Mm. Demon Mythic for 2 and 2 black is a 4-4 flying trample. At the beginning of your upkeep, you it deals 1 damage to each player, and if you have 10 or more life at that point, ten you or, put a plus 10 or plus less life. On it. Yeah, 10 or less life, sorry. And you can play it for 1 f- cheaper for 1 and 2 black if you have Spectacle, which is you've dealt them damage this turn, or they've lost life this turn, sorry. So I had... So I'm... Yeah... I'm pretty excited about this card. I think that it's quite strong as raw power. Like, this is one of those few cards that I'm like, this is a raw power card. It's a 4-4 flying that could attack for 5 on its first turn, even, that it attacks. Um, maybe for 3 mana. I mean, th- that's huge. I mean, we've had we had that 4-5 flying trample in, I believe, Shadows over Innistrad. I can't remember the guy's name. That put 4 mm-hmm. cards, you know, if you had Delirium, um, it doesn't deal 4 damage, but... Sorry if, you, sorry, if you have Delirium, it doesn't deal damage, but if you don't have Delirium, it deals 4 damage to you. So, I mean, the 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 size itself isn't really impressive, but I'm kind of thinking, is it possible maybe that we can get some kind of Grixis Shadow in Frontier where we want to kind of get low in the life with the Fetch Lands and the Shock Lands and then use these type of effects to kind of, like, you know, pump up our creatures and make them huge? Is, is that a hmm. possible... I mean, or is it a thing? I don't think that's a necessary part of this card. I don't even know if the spectacle is a necessary part of this card. I mean, I would like to just... If, if I can curve out and play this on turn three, that's big enough to block their turn three first swing with a copter. Like, mm-hmm. a 4-4 four, four in the air seems really, really big in Frontier. So, I think... I've seen a lot of people talk about this card being really powerful, and I have trouble believing it. Because I think in the kind of deck that's going to want this... A lot of the time, it's just going to be a four mana, four four flyer. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like to me. I like to compare it to Anafenza, right? Where you're going for a curve out strategy. Um, Anafenza just always costs three. If she sticks, she runs away with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy is kind of like when you when you hit him at three mana. Um, mm-hmm. I'll grant that he has the advantage of flying, um, where Anafenza has the advantage of just randomly hosing rally and stuff. Yep. Um, and then this guy conditionally runs away with the game, right? So he, he gets bigger and bigger on his own if you have 10 or less life. 
Mm-hmm. But, but to me, he's a lot like Anafenza, only Anafenza always costs three. Yeah. Okay. So I guess what the the decision is, is, is there a deck that's going to be curving out in black, maybe is the question. Yeah, and I mean, he's not bad. I wouldn't be offended to see people play him. I just, I, I do think he tends to be a little overrated, okay. um, Grand Scheme. And he looks like Predator. <laughs> All right, well, why don't you read one off, Matt, because you were negative. That means you have to go next. Uh, read off the black <laughs> card and what it does. All right, so now we're going to talk about Drill Bit, which is two mana, one black. For a target player reveals their hand, you choose a non-land card from it, and that player discards that card, um, with the spectacle cost being one. So, so are you picking this because you think it's good? Uh, I want to hear what you guys think first. I mean... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Right. I mean, it's like a thought sees, right? If you deal damage. So, like, you have to maybe do, like, a shock or something and then cast it. So, you... possibly two mana. So, it's a second second turn card. It's not really a turn one card. Yeah. So, I haven't gotten a chance to try this yet. I can see it in one place only, and that would be the sideboard of Abzan decks. Mm-hmm. I feel like those decks really want discard against a control deck. And they're probably going to be curving out even game two, game three. Uh, so there, I could maybe see it being an upgrade over Duress or Transgress the Mind, yeah. which they usually have to play both of. If it's not good enough, um, that, that I, I don't know for sure yet. I don't know how often you're going to be connecting. If you're going to have awkward hands where you're stuck with it, casting it as a three-mana spell, then it's just bad. Yeah, this is great for aggro decks. Uh, maybe bl- Black-Red as well could be could be good, but... I don't know if any other deck outside of Agar wants to play it. So I've actually played a little bit with this card because um, I've always wanted this card in Frontier. I want I want a Thoughtseize, right? I think mm-hmm. I've been very vocal about that. Uh, and this card really isn't, at least it wasn't what I was looking for for the format, right? Because uh, I think a lot of the decks that can make use of, that really need the Thoughtseize type effect, can't use this. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, it's efficient that's great but you you have to kind of be the aggressor mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm maybe hoping that there's some kind of black red or or maybe a maybe a tarka a tarka black list mm-hmm. that can maybe use this um and kind of leverage uh the discard to keep the opponent off off balance where maybe uh they'll go a little slower than traditional Atarka, but by having that kind of card quality advantage maybe it'll make up for it i don't know um I'm hoping this sees play. It's not going to be in in like the kind of classic mid range shell where I really wanted it to be. All right, uh, Ryan, you want to take one up? Well, I know we've seen a lot of uh, sideboard cards that that like uh, hit all creatures and exile. Uh, I forgot the one from I think Oath of the Gatewatch. Uh, so flaying tendrils. Flaying tendrils. Yes. So you're going to talk about Cry of the Carnage. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. So if that's playable, yeah. then I think this is playable too. All creatures get minus two and exile them if they die. Yeah, nothing too exciting because we basically have this effect. This is just slightly better because your opponent can't just sacrifice everything beforehand. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I actually thought I, I forgot flaying tendrils existed when I put this on the list. I think I put it on move the list. On. I'm not sure. Oh, maybe. All right, I'm fine with moving on from black, if you yeah. guys are. Yeah. yeah. So red. All right, so next would be red. Uh, Ryan, I think it's your turn, actually. Well, like I started with Tithes, Taker, and White, thinking he was a good uh, Hate Bears card, so I want to talk about Immolate. Immolation Shaman. 1-3, hmm. uh, and whenever an opponent activates an ability of an artifact, creature, or land that isn't a mana ability, it deals one damage to that player. Plus, if you pay five mana, uh, three three uh, colorless and two red, it gets plus three, plus three, and mana until the end of turn. So not only is this a decent hate bearer card against people doing playing fetch lands or either works or whatever, but also it can win the game by itself later on. Yeah, I like that it actually hits um, activating a vehicle. That's something that's strong about this, but I'm not sure where it fits yet. Yeah, it's playable, I so, think, but not. I don't know where. But it's like kind of like Mentor, Harsh Mentor as well. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of that same effect. You can double up on that effect. So maybe some kind of like red-white Hate Bears deck. So my issue with Harsh Mentor is that it doesn't do enough on its own, right? 
there's not a lot of things that there's not enough things that it actually hits uh, and this is kind of the same and this doesn't actually even hit as hard right so it's only one damage and the body on this is less aggressive so it can't leverage that damage as well yeah. uh, honestly i think this is like i'm excited to see this kind of effect i don't think they got there on emulation mm. shaman okay you guys okay. your turn all right, I will jump in with one that I think is another really good card here, and maybe it doesn't have a home yet, but it's strong, is Electro-Dominant. So this is X red red for an instant. It does X damage to any target, and you can cast a card with converted mana cost X from your hand without paying its mana cost. Uh, X or less. So I got a question. So this seems... Yeah, go ahead. If you play a card like uh, Pyromancer's Goggles, or Pyromancer's I mean, Goggles... You know this... I pay... Would, you know I play cards like Pyromancer's Goggles. But, like, but it would double that, I don't right? Think right now it's good. <laughs> it would, yes. So, like, if you did X4, around like X3, you know, three, whatever, and then doubled it, mm -hmm. so you could put two three-mana three, three spells into play for free when you cast this, right? Yes. Uh, I don't know if that's where I'm going with this. What I actually like about this card is its flexibility. I think that it's nice that, I mean, you can cast it for, like, x equals two kill a creature and play a kill spell like if you're against an aggressive deck that's a decent tempo for this spell mm -hmm. which can later be a kill spell you know win the game with a fireball uh and what's really really nice about this is the fact that it's instant speed mm -hmm. something i found when i'm testing it is that for example against control <laughs> if you're a, a red black deck for example you're going to have something big like a chandra or an angrath that you're going to try and win the game with so you can use this end step on their turn <laughs> and threaten to put in that big creature. And if they counter it, then you can just untap and then play your, cre your the big thing you want to put into play yeah. just, just at, at main phase speed. That so sounds hilarious. It's nice that you have that kind of combination. I it's, love it. It's in, insane to me that you guys think this is a good card. I just <laughs> It's a Timmy it's like, card. It's like, well, it's like, put it this way. Like, any spell you could want to play at instant speed, right? Would you still play that spell if it was two mana more? Yeah. What Plus, about if it made if you discard a card as well? I don't know, man. It, it seems like a lot. Because I think if you're really wanting to do something with this, I think you need to be doing something degenerate, right? Um, like, so like that's like something like in Modern where you can cast spells like Ancestral Visions or Living End. Like... There has to be something abusable, right? Cause so on... what's what's that spell that makes a zombie for each uh, spell in your graveyard? Oh, the uh, Rise from the Grave, the six mana blue one? Yes, yes. Let's do that. Let's go end step this and then attack with like 40 zombies. <laughs> nice. You want to play eight <laughs> mana? An eight mana spell is what you're saying to me? Uh, yeah, so we just go with... Um... We go with the red or the green spell that lets us untap everything, and then we mm -hmm. go with. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. There's the am amulet that makes stuff one less, I think, for instance, in sorceries, plus the pyromancer's goggles. We, yeah, sure. We got there. Jank. We got there. I love it. All right. Uh, I think we should also talk about the spectacle cards, would be the next one. So there's Light Up the Stage and Skewer the Critics. Both are three mana cards in red both are sorceries and they both have spectacle for only one red uh so one of them was the one of the first cards we saw from the set you exile the top two cards of your library and until the end of your next turn you can play them and then skewer the critics is the bolt it's three damage to any target what do you guys think about these cards and have you gotten a chance to play them yet S straight up these cards are stupid <laughs> they're so strong it's it's dumb so what, what what would light up the stage be taking over for? I mean, like, I, I know you'd be playing in a red deck, but, like, what would you be dropping it, for it? It's just, like, I think this would go right into a target. Like, it just, it's straight-up card advantage. It plays into their cast spells, make my creatures bigger thing. Like, I don't know. I think there's a lot, a lot going on here. Seems really good. I, I don't really know how to say it other than that like spectacle is just a really pushed mechanic yeah i guess the... yeah, i'm interested to see where light of the stage will fit i don't have a spot for that card yet but i think it's good uh what about skewer matt what do you think of that have you tested it i have actually and it's really i've tested both interesting um, so and... i was gonna say that uh, sorry matt or ryan i feel like i'm cutting you off here but mm, I, I feel like i was very excited for skewer i thought that this was going to be a great card i think it's bad i think this card is just bad like i don't want this in frontier Really? So I tested it in a... I built a really, really 
lower to the ground than average Atarka blue deck. Mm -hmm. um, where I just went like heavy on the one drops. We're talking like four wild slash, three shock. Um, and I was just like, let's fill the graveyard real fast. Let's just like turbo out our spells. Uh, mm -hmm. And then we'll play Treasure Cruise with Light Up the Stage. And Interesting. so far it's been it's been absolutely ridiculous. It just like it, it, so, it basically removes the weakness that Atarka has where you can eventually grind them out of cards, right? Because Atarka is really vulnerable to early two-for-ones where mm -hmm. if you just take too much of their gas, they just never get there. Um, and I think something like Light Up the Stage, Skewer the Critics, just playing into a really, really low to the ground, um, just run at them game plan. I think is the next evolution of Atarka. Well, Frontier I, never I'm really had there. a think, burn yeah. deck, right? So does this mean we can... No, not really. Uh, I mean, Atarka was, was pretty burn heavy. The newer versions, they switched more to burn. But what were you going to say, Matt? Or, I mean, sorry, Kevin. So, I definitely... I, I'd agree with you about talking about the evolution of Atarka. I think we could do probably another podcast or a talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about it offline. But with this card a lot of the plays that I have with it just ended up being far more awkward than I expected. So a lot of time, you know, they would have a creature in play and I would love to burn it and then swing through with my prowess creatures. But it, it doesn't work well with that. You really have to play this second main phase because you don't have the spectacle cost when it's your first main phase. Mm. Uh, I also found that it doesn't play well with prowess for the same reason. You can't really prowess up your creatures to be bigger you can't get them through because of that so you end up with small creatures that you can't play through you're just playing this as a three mana burn spell and then it's really not very good uh, i also don't like that you can't you know use it as a combat trick with prowess um, especially even with other burn spells you can't go oh tarka's command and then skewer to get too bigger it's just really strange and awkward that it doesn't work like that i mean i agree there's some awkwardness um i think you have to build your deck a little more around it um, so I think there is, you have to factor it in a little more, um, which again is kind of where I was going, thinking about going lower to the ground with light up the stage and treasure cruise. Where it's so just, I feel like I, I was, I wasn't I can, a super, super low to the ground version, but yeah. Like I, I cut chain whirlers is the kind of low to the ground I'm talking about. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be testing it at 18 lands. Oh, so, um, I wasn't going that far down on lands, but I was also a lower to the ground version. I'll share some lists with you afterwards. I think that there's a better way that we can go rather than treasure cruise. All right. All right. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. Let's all right. Do you guys on. have anything more in a uh, mono red? Cause I'm ready to kind of move on from it. Yeah. I'm good to go. Yeah. Let's go. I see somebody added goblin gathering. I think that could um, be fun. That was me. Yeah. My, my thought on that card is that if you cast three of these, you're getting the same number of goblins as if you cast three hoarding outburst. Yeah. And with more of it weighted towards the end ones, which doesn't doesn't seem very good. Odd. All right. Uh, how about green? So right off the bat, uh, growth chamber guardian sticks out to me. Uh, yes. So, so that's a one colorless, one green, two two. Um, adapt two for two colorless, one green, uh, and whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on growth chamber guardian. You may search your library for a card named Growth Chamber Guardian, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. Yeah, I quite like this card, and with testing it's looked good. I mean, it can swing for four on turn two, or even just threaten to swing for four, and when you activate that, you get card advantage, so that seems pretty strong. So something... Yeah, and I think... Uh, sorry, go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say, it seems like it might fit well in the uh, Abzan Aggro. You know, like you play that turn Warden play that warden down if they don't have a blocker you just swing with that play this and then the next turn threaten with both of them and then you can pump up either of them I, i'm not as sold as an abzan i think you really need a way to put plus one plus one counters on your dudes that isn't like it's built into your deck to make this work because um, i'm not thrilled by paying three mana to give this guy uh plus two plus two plus two basically uh it just doesn't seem like enough for me uh so i'd rather see like maybe in scales, right? Where I can play this on turn two, uh, throw down Nissa turn three, down tick, immediately refill my hand a little bit, you know? So I, I think there's there's some value in scales because scales has kind of always had that issue where they don't have enough ways to generate card advantage mm -hmm. uh, because basically scales itself is card disadvantage. It doesn't do anything on its own. 
Yeah. Um, so oh, I think... I, I was going to say, I like this with Rishkar as well as a three drop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rishkar is probably actually even better uh, to pair with this guy. Yeah, Rishkar is Okay, what about another... What about another adapt card we've got here? The Incubation Druid is one in a green also. It's a 0-2, but it can tap for mana of any type that a land you could produce. Or if it has one or more plus one plus one counters on it, you add three mana of that type. And it can adapt for three and two green with adapt three. Yeah, again, this is a great card with Rishkar. You play this turn two, and then Rishkar turn three, put a counter on it, and then... And play another Rishkar? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And then play Nissa. <laughs> Yeah, and then play Nissa. There we go. Yeah, so I mean, I think this card is more of a magical Christmas land card, um, but it's hard to deny the upside, right? Three three land or three mana available from your two drop uh, is an insane amount of mana. It is it's so much mana. Like this could even work in scales, like a, a more how do I say it? the rich card? I don't know, maybe like mono green scales. I don't know, just because you know you play like turn mono one. Mono green. I don't know if you want. <laughs> maybe not mono green. Yeah, I'm not. <clears throat> I actually think maybe once we get to the multicolor section, there's a card this could work with. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I guess but when we get there, we'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, it, it could be broken. I think there's ways to break it. I like it. I think I think ultimately it's probably not going to get there because like it's a big hoop to jump through. Mm-hmm. But the reward is a lot bigger than we normally see for jumping through the hoop. So it yeah. it, it, it can probably do some broken things. So all right, uh, let's let's move on to multicolored here. Okay. So, wait, you guys don't. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah. We sorry, talk no. about. Uh, they were on another page for me. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so, go ahead, Ryan. Now, I know Kevin has has worked a little bit on the see the unwritten deck before, so I'd like to hear what he mm-hmm. has to say about the end race forerunners. It's the five man, sorry, five colorless with three green vigilance, trample a haste, seven seven creature, and it gives all of your other creatures plus two plus two vigilance and trample to the end of the turn. So I'm excited about this card, but I haven't found a spot for it yet. Um, I do like, you know, big ramp creatures, and I like that this is actually an enter the battlefield. Yes. Uh, we had the we had the other one, the 10-drop Decimator of Province, which didn't do it. It did it on cast, yeah. which you would think is better, but ended up being more awkward because yeah. it's not good to, like, you can't cord this out. You can't cheat this out in quite the same way. So I, I like that this has some value. Um, you know, it's a big, big bore pretty excited about it i think i can try it out but i don't have a spot for it just yet but what was that that meme oh lord he coming yeah (laughs) so i'm actually excited to see this guy in elves right uh because i think elves have really wanted an overrun effect Mm -hmm. for a while now Mm -hmm. and i think one of the things elves is really good at is producing a lot of mana uh eight seems like a lot but you know this guy has haste so maybe that'll make up for it i don't know uh i want to play with it I'm hoping it gets there. Yeah, I think it's just. Yeah, I wonder a... if this gives you something like the um, the one that taps for a green for every creature you control. Makes that worthwhile. Oh, the uh, yeah, growing rights of Itlamok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could work. All right, there's one more. I don't I don't know how to use this, but you guys seem more like Johnny Spike to me. I don't know how. How would you break Wilderness Reclamation? So at the so beginning, that's the uh, if people haven't heard of this, this is the three and a green at the beginning of your end step. Untap all lands you control. It's an enchantment. Yeah, I have no idea how um, to use that card. So it doesn't, it doesn't totally not affect the board. It you know is a four man enchantment, but you then untap your lands at the end of the turn. So if you have instance, you have interaction, you can still play them. I really only have one place I'm looking at this, and that's in Turbo Fog. Yes, I was thinking. Uh, but I know a lot of people are excited about this for i know other formats you know the, the internet seems pretty hype on this card i haven't found as many applications yeah i'm kind of in the same boat right because as much as as much as yeah it does untap your lands and you can still defend it or defend yourself or whatever you need to do you're kind of waiting for four mana to start your game plan because i think if you're putting this in your deck it means your game plan is about this card right um this is a really specific effect that is really potent so probably if it's in your deck it's in there because you always want it on four um Mm -hmm. so like is that is it worth just having a game plan that starts at four mana i don't know and i think there's also um something to be said that it doesn't do anything in multiples yeah 
I mean, that's well, not it does. It I does. guess you could technically stack up a million mana really fast by mm-hmm. by tapping your lands between triggers, or like um, activate search Rescanta four times or something. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Okay, <laughs> that does seem broken now that you say it like that. Actually, <laughs> but uh, it's awkward having multiple because you're you quickly run out of things to do with all your mana, mana and that that's kind of it doesn't have its own mana sink, or it'd be much more powerful. Yeah, and it also doesn't do anything on its own, so it's kind of the scales problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where I see a lot of people being like, oh man, Control loves this card, because you know Control wants to be able to do all these things, but it's like, Control also wants to have all this card advantage, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. It, I, I'm a little less high on it than I think uh, most people are. Seems fine. Yeah, I think that... that... It's going to be an interesting card. I think people will try it out. Um, and I think it is good in Fog. I don't think it's a four of in anything, though. Kind of really? what you're okay. saying. Okay, maybe I'm wrong about that then. I mean, I, I'm interested in trying it, but I'm probably going to try it as like a two of. I don't want to see it yeah. every game, and I don't really want to see multiples when I can help it. Yeah. All right, so actually I have an idea here. You know, We've talked about all the individual colors. We've already spent about 15 minutes talking about awesome cards. Why don't we call this as about our halfway point? We usually end up making our episodes that we're reviewing sets as a two-parter anyway. So we're going to call this right now. We're going to take five minutes to ourselves. You guys won't hear it, obviously, because you won't hear this till next week. Um, so reach out to us. Hit us up at MTG Frontier on, on uh, Twitter. We're mtgfrontier.net is our website. You know, you can find all of our contact in the show notes of wherever you're listening to us to find our website, our contact information. And uh, you guys also have some contact. Yeah. You guys can find me on Twitter at Yoshwanky and my website is www.japanhobbyist.com. I'm not even going to lie guys. I don't remember my Twitter handle. So, <laughs> All right. That's fine. It's like side Turkey one. I want to say that sounds right. That sounds right. But anyways, we are going to come back with all of the multicolored cards from this very cool multicolored set and talk about them next week on Magic the Final Frontier. Until then, we look forward to being your go-to source for Frontier information online. Your Final Frontier, signing off. <laughs>